Greetings, beloved in Jesus' name. Amen. The psalmist says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. There is no better place to be on Sunday morning than to be in church. So I'm just going to share with you something that the Lord has laid in my heart. And I believe it will challenge you the same way that it has challenged me. Especially in our relationship with the Lord. You know that when you accept Jesus, you've got that zeal, you've got that fire. But after some days, you seem to wind down. And the Lord wants you to keep the fire burning. Amen. Amen. Did you know that sometimes we, as we spend more time as Christians, we start waning down and getting church as a routine, the things of God as routine, and there is no more that zeal. Amen? So I just want to start with a challenge that's in the book of Isaiah chapter 5, so that we can just see how the Lord sees us as his people. This story was specifically talking about, the Lord was talking about the children of Israel, about how he thought they were his people and he expected something from them, but he didn't get anything. So I believe that God still says he's expecting something from each one of us. The reason why you are a child of God, the reason why you are saved, the reason why you are even born, there is something special for you to do. Amen. Now when you know God, there's even more reason why you need to be serious about your relationship with the Lord and make a difference in this life. The book of Isaiah chapter 5, 1 to 4 in the New King James, uh, <clears throat> you can read it for us. Let me sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved regarding his vineyard. Okay, so he's putting this in a form of a song, but it was really a, a concern. Okay? He says, I want to tell you something about the vineyard of my beloved friend. Mm -hmm. My well-beloved has a vineyard on a very fruitful hill. Okay. So if you've got a vineyard on a very fruitful hill, what do you expect? Good fruitful harvest, isn't it? Yeah. So some of you, you are receiving a very good word. Some of you, you are in a very good church or you've been in very good churches also. So there's something that the Lord is investing in you. So you are in a very fruitful hill. Mm -hmm. He dug it up and cleared out its stones and planted it with the choicest vine. Okay. So he really prepared the soil. He really made everything, made sure that everything is well and excellent. He even took the choicest vine. In other words, the best seed. Okay. Mm -hmm. He built a tower in its midst and also made a wine press in it. So he expected it to bring forth good grapes, but it brought forth wild grapes. Okay. You see the problem. <clears throat> he expected it to bring forth good grapes, but it brought forth wild grapes. I like it in my vernacular. It talks about he expected it to bring big good fruits, but it brought tiny fruits. Something that's not befitting all the effort that the owner of the vineyard has placed and planted. Okay. Mm -hmm. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, please, between me and my vineyard. What more could have been done to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Okay. So if God is asking you, what more should I have done to you to make sure that you are really serious and, and, and bringing forth the fruit that I expect of you that I haven't done as yet? Okay? Uh -huh. Why then, when I expected it to bring forth good grapes, did it bring forth wild grapes? Okay. So that should be a challenge to all of us to say, when the Lord 
has planted us, he expects good fruit. He expects us to be fruitful. Amen? So it means that zeal, that hunger that you had when you accepted Jesus, he does not want it to wane down. Where sometimes when it's a Sunday, you even have to think, do I have to go to church? Then when you have start having such thoughts, then you need to know it's wild grapes. You are not behaving like somebody that the Lord has invested so much in. Amen? It's not everybody who has full revelation of what God has done for you. Some of you even have testimonies that if you were to share with us, we would say, really, you should be in church every day. You should be praying all the time. Amen? Some of you, you even have testimony where you say, maybe I could have been dead by now. The Lord has been so good to me. So, but is your fire, the fire in you, is it equivalent to what God has invested in you? Amen? Can you say the zeal of the house of the Lord has consumed me? So I want us to talk about that zeal today. Amen? That zeal, that passion about the house of the Lord, the passion about the work of the Lord, the zeal of the house of the Lord has consumed me. John 2.17 in the good news. I want you to just understand that indeed, the Lord wants us to be on fire for him. Amen? It should no longer be an option. Sometimes we have this thing. Do you know that sometimes we are loyal to our works more than to church? More than to the Lord himself? Mm. In church you can come late, but at work you don't go late. Amen? In church you can sleep when they are preaching, but at, church you don't, at, at work you don't sleep. Because they will charge you for sleeping on duty. Amen. So really, are we really taking our Christianity so serious? There's a certain religion which I will not name, but I admire their commitment to what they believe in. Amen. Their commitment to what they believe in, even if it's wrong. Now you've got the right revelation, you've got the real true living God, but we can't even see that commitment. Sometimes, even when people have visited you, you even have to decide, maybe I don't go to church today because I've got visitors. What, 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 what picture are you painting about your seriousness about your God? Do you think if those people are not saved, they can desire to follow your God? No, they can't. They can see that even you are not convinced about your God. Amen? That's why you would even think, I've got visitors today, I don't have to do this for the Lord. Which means you are actually, those people, if they were to measure, they would say, oh, it seems like we are more important than his God. Amen? So read that John 2.17 in the good news. Actually, <clears throat> if you look at how when Jesus, when this scripture was quoted, it was there in Psalms, but the disciples thought of this because of how Jesus reacted in church, in, in, in the temple. When he found people starting to merchandise in church, and he was so much moved that he even became physical about what they were doing in church and chasing them out, saying, you can't sell things here. And read. His disciples remembered that the scripture says, my devotion to your house, O God, bends in me like a fire. Amen. Repeat that last part. My devotion to your heart, O Lord, bends in me like a fire. Can we also follow what Jesus is saying here? My devotion to you, O Lord, my devotion to you, Bends in me like a fire. Bends in me like a fire. Amen. Amen. Let it be that people will say, what's wrong with you? When they see how fanatic or how much in love you are with God. Amen. Did you know that sometimes some of you, if you are in love with somebody, every minute you're thinking about that person? Okay. How much more our love with God? Amen. The zeal 
of the house of the Lord has consumed me. My devotion to your house, O God, burns in me like a fire. Amen? I think this is the kind of fire I like, the one that burns within. Amen? The one that makes me to be on fire for the Lord. Amen? That people would even be surprised how I live my life. I'm committed. I'm addicted to him. Amen. That's what the book of Corinthians says. He says, the house of Stephanas, they are addicted to the ministry of the saints. Amen. Let it be that when people look at you, they even think you are addicted. You've taken something. And the dose that you've taken, it's how good. He says, taste and see how good the Lord is. So if you have tasted the goodness of God, may that also reflect on the way you live. The passion that you have for the house of the Lord, for the work of the Lord. Let's go to Revelation chapter 3. Verse 15 to 16 in the New King James. Because I want you to understand that God doesn't want it when we are lukewarm. When you are now it's just like a routine. Even going to church is just a routine. Your prayer is just routine. You don't even pray expecting answers. Amen. You do things without that conviction. Without that true conviction. To know that I know my God. I know even when you are in the corner. You need to be at that point where you say I know my God will make a way where there seems to be no way. I know how to believe God. When your faith is challenged, you need to say, I know how to believe God. Amen. 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 You need to be able to know that my God is able. My God is able. And we need to hear you always saying, my God is able. In your prayers, my God is able. I know my God will give me victory. Amen. Amen. May the house of the Lord, the zeal for the house of the Lord continue to consume you. So that you will be on fire for the Lord. Revelation 3, 15 to 16, New King James. You are neither cold nor hot. Mm. I could wish you were cold or hot. Mm. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Okay. So the Lord says, you are neither hot nor cold. At least you should have been one or the other. So as much as the Lord is expecting you to be hot and on fire for him, but he says it's even better if you were just cold and out there. I think the other time I was telling some of you to say, if you want to be a sinner and stay in the world, be really a bad one. So that when judgment day comes, you get a befitting, a befitting punishment, isn't it? What is not fair is that you are not such a good sin, you are not such a bad sinner, and neither are you a child of God who's committed to Him. You are in between. And what did he, does He say He will do with you? He will spit you out. So now you are spitted out. You are just like somebody who was never even in relationship with God. So what's the benefit? What's the point? So when you want to be committed to the Lord, be fully sold out to him. Amen? Let us be fully sold out to God. Fully committed to him. That we can say the zeal of the house of the Lord has consumed me. So he says, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. So in real essence, he wants you to be hot. You remember the first verse we read, it says, the, the, your, your fire, O oh God, burns within me, so I will be hot for you. That's what he wants from us, isn't it? But he says, even if at least you were cold, and we know that you are not even counted here, it's even better. Amen? Because at least we know where you stand. The problem is that some of the children of God, they are struggling along, one foot, they say one foot out, one in, one out, one in. And the things of the Lord doesn't work like that. He says he will spit you out. Amen. Yeah, there's no such thing as you pass with 
You get 50 wrong and you get 50 right and then you pass. No. Amen. You are either a child of God who has accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and on fire for the Lord or you are out there not with the Lord. Amen. So can you just ask your neighbor, <clears throat> are you on fire for the Lord? Amen. Because I think the good gauge for you to gauge in, some of you, I will even give you this challenge. Were you excited to come to church this morning? Were you feeling, I'm really looking forward to go to the house of the Lord? For I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I'm going to worship my God. He's been so good to me. There are so many things that he's done for me. I want to gather with other brethren because the word says we should not neglect coming together with other saints. But if it was a struggle and you just, just made it, then you need to know that fire is getting off. Amen. Amen. Some of you, if you look at where you started, how much you loved God, how much committed you were to the things of God, you would be surprised how much you were committed in your prayer life. Amen. How much you were committed to studying the word of God. How much you were committed even in giving in the house of the Lord. But now you look and you think, oh, it seems I've drifted so far away. So it means the Lord is challenging you to say, I still love you. This vineyard that I have, I, 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 I have prepared for myself, you remember when we read earlier in Isaiah that he says, I have this good vineyard in a fruitful land. And I've planted choicest vines in it, choicest seed. I'm expecting good fruit. And may you bear that good fruit. Yeah. Amen. Don't even try to compare yourself with others. Do you know that sometimes some people get discouraged because you started running well. You remember when Paul challenged the Galatians? He said, you were running well. Who has bewitched you? Some of you started running so well, so much loving God, so much being committed to God, but somewhere along the way, that fire is going off. And he says, I want that fire to be rekindled. I want you to stand again. I want you to say that now I have found my footing again. Amen. And I'm on fire for the Lord. This is the only time, when you are still alive, this is the only time to live a legacy of faith on earth. Live your life for the Lord in a way that even when you depart, you leave a mark. Amen. Some of you find that in your family, maybe you are the only person who is a Christian or you are the starting generation for Christianity. May you make sure that even when you leave, you, that legacy is perpetuated. Because of the way that you live. So that three, four generations from now, they will say, we remember there was a certain old lady referring to you. There was a certain old man. He was so much zealous for the things of God. Amen? I want us to look at... <clears throat> John chapter 14, verse 31, because even Jesus himself, he was consumed by the work of the Lord all the time. His desire was always to do what God wanted. Jesus would even say, I of myself do nothing except I hear the Father tell me to do. In other words, he's saying, I'm here for an assignment. I'm here on a mission. Amen? And my mission is to fulfill the will of my Father. So let's do it in NLT John 14, 31. NLT John 14, 31. But I will do what the Father requires of me. Okay. Can you tell your neighbor, I will do, I will do. What, the Father what the Father requires of me. Amen. Mm. So it means the Father requires something of you. Mm. 
I will do what the Father requires of me. That's my commitment. Can we say that's my commitment? Amen. Amen. I will do what the Father requires of me. That's what Jesus is saying. And if we say we are his disciples, we need to imitate him. Okay, repeat. I will do what the Father requires of me. I will do what the Father requires of me. Amen. Amen. Mm. You can reread it and continue. But I will do what the Father requires of me so that the world will know that I love the Father. Okay. So it means the way we live, people are watching us. He says, I will do what the Father requires of me so that the world will know that I love the Father. Amen? So it means sometimes for some of us, the world doesn't even know whether you love the Father or not. He says, I will do what the Father requires of me so that the world may know that I love my Father. I love my God. He's been so good to me. He has done so many good things in my life. And I will stick with him. I will do. So the little that I can do for him, which is my best, I will do. Amen? Because in the greater scheme of things, what I do for him, it's, 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 it's very minimal. But when I do my best, that's the best that I can do for him. I'm not going to hold back. Amen. Look at John 4:34 in, in NIV. Because this thing for Jesus, it was so serious that <clears throat> he would always want to do the will of the Father. Only when he has done the will of the Father, he would feel satisfied. He would feel fulfilled. Amen. How many of you sometimes if you've done something good, let's say at the end of the day when you are taking stock, you just feel that warm thuzzing in your heart that this today was a good day. I'm proud even of myself, what I've done. Amen. My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Amen. He says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. So it means we are here on an assignment. Amen. Let's take seriously our commitment to the Lord. We do not all have the same gifts or the same talents or the same ability in the house of the Lord. But wherever we are, each one of us, let us do our best. Amen. Because we love God. We do our best for what the Lord requires of us so that the world may know that we love God. Let's go to the book of 2 Chronicles 29.11 in the message. 2 Chronicles 29.11. This was the time when King Hezekiah was encouraging the, the worshippers, the Levites and the priests, those who were bringing sacrifices before the Lord. And look at how he phrases this one. So this also for our worship team and the rest of us, even your worship ministry, this is a ministry on its own. Second Chronicles 29, 11, the message. Don't drag your feet in this. God has chosen you to take your place before him, to save him in conducting and leading worship. This is your life work. Make sure you do it and do it well. Amen. So that is for all of us now. Repeat. So he's saying children. So all of us, as children of God, let's listen. Children. Mm -hmm. We can all raise hands. He's talking about us. What Children, amen. Don't drag your feet in this. So don't drag your feet. So you know that sometimes some people when they are saving God is like, you know what's to drag your feet? It's as if you, do, you can't walk. You're going there, but you're dragging your feet. As if somebody's forcing you to be a child of God. He says, don't drag your feet. Mm -hmm. 
God has chosen you to take your place before him to serve Amen. Him. He says God has chosen you to take your place before him to serve him. Amen. So others he has chosen them to serve in conducting and leading worship, but the rest of us he has chosen us to serve in any particular form or the other. Amen. And we are not going to drag our feet. Amen. Can you tell your neighbor I'm not going to drag my feet. Amen. So, I'm going to be so much passionate about the things of the Lord. He says, God has chosen you. Do you know that it's a privilege to be chosen? Hmm. It's a privilege to be chosen. He says you are a royal priesthood, a peculiar nation, a chosen generation. Chosen. To show forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness unto the kingdom of his dear son. Chosen to bring worship before God. Chosen to pray. Chosen to serve in the house of God. What a privilege. Amen. So we are going to take this seriously. We are not going to drag our feet. He says, this is your life work. Make sure you do it and do it well. Make sure you do it and do it well. Amen. Amen. Do it well. You know that there are some people who say it's good enough. There is no such thing as good enough in the kingdom. You've got to do your best. Because God is everything. I can do it's good enough with people. But with God, I will do my best. And God knows each of our best. Okay? He knows each one of us individually. So, if you are comparing yourself with the other people, and you think because so and so has done to this far, then I will do to this far. But so and so might have done their best. And you need to do your best because you know your God. And you don't have to compare yourself with anybody anymore. You've got a special assignment. That's why you are born on this earth. I'm not going to drag my feet. Amen. He says, make sure you do it and do it well. In everything. Excel in the house of the Lord. Excel in your prayer life. Excel in your commitment to the Lord. Excel even in your giving. Do it and do it well. That even in your heart, after you've given, you feel, Father, I thank you that you've given me power to get wealth. You've given me power even to be able to have something that I can give in your house. What a blessing. What an honor. And I thank you, Father. I thank you that I can make a difference. Thank you that you can count on me. Amen. And I will do it, and I will do it well. Go to the book of 2 Timothy, <clears throat> chapter 2, verse 20 and 21 in the King James. Because when we are in the house of the Lord like this, like I said, we are all different. We all have got different abilities. But each, of, each one of us can do our best. Because 2 Timothy, chapter 2, verse 20 and 21 in the New King James you will find that when people, if you don't do your best, you will be like a vessel that cannot be used for special occasions. I know this with ladies. Okay? Ladies, you've got some in your pots or with your whatever utensils that you have at home. There are some that only go out, that can only be used when there are special guests, isn't it? And some that are used every day. Some, if you were in rural areas, you even use that pot in the fire outside there. And it's, it's black. It's used every time. It's not really like a special one. But you also have some that you say, this is my special vessel. Can it be that even in the house of the Lord, you really make sure that you are a special vessel before God? Listen to this. 2 Timothy 2, 20 to 21. 
But in the great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from this, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Okay. So he says, in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. <laughs> okay. Some of you say, I'm just a clay one. I'm just a wood one. But, but he doesn't end there. He says, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work, so we can all be best vessels. Amen. We can all be honorable vessels. Because he says in a great house, indeed some vessels are of honor and some are for dishonor. But you decide whether you want to be a vessel of dishonor. Because he says, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself, he will be a vessel of honor. Amen. We can all be vessels of honor. We can all be special vessels that God can use to reach out using us, to touch the world using us. And if you look, even things that are going on around us, you look around, you look on news, you drive around, you see so many people being killed in accidents, and you feel hurt how the enemy is out to kill, to steal and to destroy. But as a child of God, you can pray. You can pray. Pray for, the, for your loved one. Pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for them. Let them be covered under the blood of Jesus. Keep on talking protection over their life every day. And you say, Lord, I thank you that you are watching over your word to fulfill it. You said, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The rushes run unto it and they are safe. You said that you have formed a hedge around us, around me, around my family, and around all that is mine on every side. You said there shall no evil befall me. No plague shall come nigh my dwelling. You said a thousand may fall at my side and ten thousand on my other side, but it will not come near me. Amen. Amen. So you are that vessel. You are standing in the gap. The book of Ezekiel, the Lord says, I looked for a man among them that could stand in the gap that they could be saved and I found none. Can the Lord find you when he's looking for somebody to intercede? Amen. Amen. Can the Lord find you? Sometimes some of you find you wake up 12 o'clock midnight, you don't even know what woke you up. And you are awake. That's time to pray. That's the time to pray. Sometimes, if you do not know what to pray for as you ought, if you are baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, just start going through in tongues. Amen. Amen. You will find that the Lord is actually defending other people through you. You are standing in the gap for them. Amen. Amen. Instead of always being taken by surprise, you hear so and so is dead, so and so is killed, so and so this, so and so this, and they were so much dear to you. And you try to think, when last did I pray for them? I haven't prayed for them for the whole year. So no wonder when I hear that they have been tragically killed. I can't even say, Lord, but what happened? Because imagine you were praying for them last night. You were praying and praying. Then you will be surprised if you hear they are killed. Amen? Because, Father, I've been, uh, I've been really maintaining that hedge for them. Amen. Be on fire for the Lord. And may the Lord also count on us. We are enlisted in his army as soldiers. Amen. The work of a soldier is not always an easy task. But you are a soldier. You are in training. Amen. Go to that Second Timothy. Go back to verse 4 to 7 in NIV. Second Timothy 2. 4 to 7 in NIV. Then you see what is expected of a soldier. Amen. <clears throat> no one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Okay. So when you are a soldier, it says you mustn't get entangled in civilian affairs. 
Do you know that there are some Christians, some soldiers in Christ who are so much entangled in things of the world that you, they, they can't even do their job as soldiers of the, Christ, of the cross. He said, don't be entangled with civilian affairs. You are a soldier. Amen. Amen. When civilians are living unrestrained lives, doing whatever they want, you say, no, I'm a disciplined soldier. Okay, there is this political slogan, a disciplined cadre of the movement. <laughs> so you are a disciplined soldier of Christ. Can you tell your neighbor, I'm a disciplined soldier of Christ. I don't get entangled in civilian affairs. Mm. So if you always find yourself getting entangled in civilian affairs, when the civilians are going up and down, going to other places that we won't mention, you are there. You are not a good soldier. You are not representing your kingdom well. You are getting entangled in civilian affairs. So you cannot face the enemy. Because imagine you were getting entangled in those civilian affairs, doing everything that the devil wants you to do. Now all of a sudden, in the name of Jesus, devil, I rebuke you. You people are making Satan to look down on you. Because just now you were using the devil's tools. Now you say you are rebuking him. Don't do that. Be serious with the Lord. Be a disciplined soldier of Christ. Amen. I'm a soldier in the army. Amen. Yeah, continue. Similarly, Anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. Mm. The hard-working farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Mm. Reflect on what I am saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all this. So he wants us to reflect in this. Can you reflect on what he's saying? He says, reflect on what I'm saying. The Lord will give you insight. When you are reflecting, you are even asking yourself, am I really a disciplined soldier? Do I not get entangled in civilian affairs? Amen. Can the Lord count on me? Amen. Can the Lord count on me? Can even the church count on me? Can my people count on me? Amen? Amen? I'm a soldier in the Lord's army. We do not all have the same gifts and the same talents. But whatever you have, do your best in it. We may not all be preachers. But take your ministry seriously. Whatever it is in the house of the Lord. Serve the Lord with all the zeal you have. We are like members of the body, parts of the body. We've got different functions. But be best at what the Lord wants you to be. Do your best. Let that fire burn again. Burning within you. The zeal of the house of the Lord has consumed me. So let's conclude with the book of Matthew chapter 25 because in this thing, what I was sharing with you, even though it's a challenge for us to stand up, but we must know that the Lord is coming. Can I repeat that? Jesus is coming back. And he's going to make us account. We are going to account before him how we lived on earth. Even on the assignments that he gave us. Some haven't even accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So when he comes, they are already condemned. The Bible says those who don't believe are already condemned. You don't even need to be told you go that way. You are already condemned because you didn't believe. You didn't accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But some of you, you say I've accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior and I'm in church. I'm in the house of the Lord, but I'm lukewarm. He said, I'll spit you out. And it seems when you are spitted out, 
your portion is the same with the ones who are cold. Amen. So I want you to look at this now as we are concluding. Matthew 25 from 14 to 30. We are going to look at, because Jesus gives this, uh, this illustration to show how the kingdom of God works. So you are going to read for us because we want to see that we are here for a period. The Lord has placed us on earth for a particular moment. There is a song in Tswana. So you are given Sibakanyana. And use Sibakanyana to the best that of your ability. Because the one who gave you Sibakanyana is coming for you to give account. Amen. So if the Lord were to come back today, would you say, I've done my best? Lord, I've done my best. Or were you still thinking, but there is this in church that I don't like. There is this that brother so and so does that I don't like. That's not your assignment. Concentrate on your assignment. Amen. Do your best for the Lord. Because when he comes back, he's going to make you account on the assignment he gave you. Some of the people were spending a lot of time looking at what so and so is doing or not doing. Instead of looking at what I am doing or not doing. Because when the master comes, I will account to him on how I lived on the earth. So listen to this. Matthew, we'll do it in the New King James. Matthew 25, 14 to 30. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. Okay. So this one I will equate it with Christ himself when he, when he left us here on the earth. I believe he has called us and he's given each one of us something. He's given each one of us something. Tell your neighbor, he's given each one of us something. Even I have been given something. And he's going to come back and make you account. Okay. Let's see what he's done. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one. To each according to his own ability. Okay, I like that. So because when he says to one is given five, to another two, to another one, you are already going to say, but that's unfair. Why five? Why two? Why one? Why not all of them the same? He says each one according to their ability. Amen. Amen. So we do not all have the same ability. So the Lord gives us talents according to our abilities. And it's your own ability. We're not going to compare the guy with two with the guy with five. When God has given you two, he will measure you against the scale of two. When he has given you one, he will measure you against the scale of one. When he has given you five, he will measure you against the scale of five. That's why the verse we read here when we started, he says, uh, my beloved has a, 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 a very good vineyard in a fruitful land. And he's got the best seed planted in it. So he had invested a lot and he expected much from it. Amen. Amen. So to one, five, to one, two, to one, one, each according to their ability. And then he took his journey. Amen. 16. Then, then he who had received the five talents went and traded them, traded with them and made another five talents. Amen. Tell your neighbor, are you trading with what God has given you? Are you trading with what God has given you? In other words, are you utilizing your talents? Ask them, are you utilizing your talents? Or did you dig the hole and hide your talents? So this one went and traded. So he's utilizing the talent and he got five more. Mm -hmm. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. Amen. 
But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. Okay, I want you to look at that. Don't you think these three people are represented in the church? Hmm? I think they are. Because the master is taking a journey, but he says he called his servants. So they were all his. So the one who was given one is not a sinner out there. It was one of his servants. Okay? He was given something. He was given a talent. So the one with five went and traded and got five more. The one with two traded and got two more. The one with one went and dug the ground and hid the talent. Are you hiding the talent that God has given you? Or are you using it? You can only use it when you are still alive here on the earth. You can't reserve your talent or your energy for another time. Do it now and do your best now. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Okay, can we all tell each other, the Lord is coming back to settle accounts with you. He's coming back to settle account with you. Amen. So let this message wake you up. To say, I just thank God that he didn't come this morning. Now I'm woken up. I'm going to trade the talents that God has given me. I'm going to be on fire for the Lord that when the master comes back and he makes me account, I will feel proud to go before him and say, Lord, I thank you that what you have given me is like when Jesus left. He says, I thank you, Lord, that those that you have entrusted to me, I'm able to bring them back to you, except just the one, the son of perdition, with whom it was already prophesied before. But he was also, Jesus also, when he was living here on earth, he had to give account to the father about what the father had given him, about what the father had entrusted to him. That's why even with us, with some of us actually who are even ministers of the gospel, we will not only give accounts about our own lives, we will also give account about how we treated you. How we minister to you. Were we using the gospel as a form of merchandise? Or were we using it as a service to the kingdom? Amen. He will make us account. Okay. Uh -huh. So he who had received five talents came and brought five, five other talents saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look. I have gained five more talents besides them. Amen. I like this. <laughs> you know when you have worked nicely, you feel well when it's, it's time for, to, be, to be asked to, to bring back your things, isn't it? So this guy says, Lord, you've delivered to me five talents. I went and traded and got five more. Here we go. So he had no doubt in his heart that the master will be happy with him. Amen. Do you have no doubt in your heart that the master will be happy with you? Or are you still not sure? You are lukewarm. Master says, if you are lukewarm, I will spit you out. Okay. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter the joy of your Lord. Amen. Do you know that is very good when people tell us well done? Any of you who feel good when people say well done to you? I feel good. How much more when the master, the creator of the heavens and the earth, my master Jesus comes and says well done. Looking forward to that moment. Looking forward to the moment when the master says well done. You've been faithful of a little. Come and rule of a march. Come and enjoy the joy of your master. Well done. Well done. Amen. Amen. If there's even a thing of shaking your hand, I want him to shake my hand and say, well done. Well done, boy. Well done. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I want to feel that. Well done. The master himself. I don't even know how his hand looks like. But I want him to shake my hand and say, well done. Amen. Amen. And he can say that to you also. It doesn't matter whether you had five talents, two or one. Yeah. 
If you go and do the best with what God has given you, he will say to you, well done. Okay. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said okay. to him. So the one who was given two, when he brought back the other two, do you see the pride he had? It's the same with the guy who had five. He's saying exactly the same words. He's not even feeling like, I'm sorry, Lord, that uh, um, I only brought two because you gave me two. He says, look, you gave me two and I've got two more. Amen. Amen. Because some of you, you can't even appreciate what God has given you. You are always comparing your gift or your ability with that of somebody else. And now you end up undermining what God has bestowed upon you. He comes, he says, master, look, you've given me two. Here is two more. He was so happy. And look at what the master says. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you rule over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Okay, I want to ask you a question. The words that were spoken to the guy who had two talents and gained two more, are they different from the words that were spoken to the guy that had five and got five more? It's exactly the same words. Amen? Amen? Because we all have got different abilities, different talents, different missions. So for me as the preacher of the gospel, when the Lord looks at me and even sees at how I will take seriously the ministry of preaching, teaching his word, he measures me against that. But for some of you, maybe you are a musician. He will measure you about that. He won't measure me against being a musician. He didn't give me that talent. Amen. Some of you, you are ministers to serve with your hands. Amen. Yeah, you find that the place is clean like this and, 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 and the Lord is saying, there's somebody who has done this. And you find it's you. Don't you think you would say, well done. Well done. So when I'm receiving my crown for being the minister of the gospel, you will receive your crown for serving the Lord with your hands. Amen. 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 And we'll all get well done, you good and faithful servant. You've been faithful. You see, when you are faithful to the assignment, you are not swayed to the left or to the right. You don't even compare yourself with others. The reason why today we've got competition in church is because people don't understand their assignments. Because if you know your assignment, do you know that I won't even try to compete with these guys here with music. Mm. I think Murenden would even do better than me. And I don't have a problem with that. Isn't it? Yeah, I may be the pastor, but I don't have a problem with that. So let each one of us take our own place. So that when the master comes, he will say, well done. Well done. Well done. Well done. I used to like that. In, in, in junior grades, in, we used to do standards in our days. We didn't have grades. When you get something like an 80% or 85 or 90, and you find the teacher writing, well done, and put exclamation marks, well done. Amen. It was good when it was written by the teacher. How much better... When my master says, well done. Well done. Some, you see, the good thing with the master is that even those things that people didn't see you doing, the master saw them. So when it's harvest time, he's going to say, well done. Amen. 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 Some of you, you are intercessors praying behind the, your closets, behind the scene. And we find things are going well. We think it's because we are preaching good messages only to find that actually there's somebody who is an intercessor who is behind the scene doing a very good job. I once had this um, story. It's a story. I know it's not true, but but I refer to it. (laughs) But I refer to it because it's a good story. They say there was a pastor and a certain old man And it was time for them to go and get their crowns. 
Okay? So people were getting crowns, getting crowns, getting crowns. Now there were two crowns left. Okay? There was a nice big one. And the other one that was ordinary. And obviously if I'm the pastor and I know the great work that I've been doing in the house of the Lord. And there is this old lady who was always just at the back there. Then I know who, to whom does the big crown belong, isn't it? Huh? I know, it's obvious. <laughs> but when the master was giving them, so the pastor was surprised when the big crown went to that lady. Then he was saying, but Lord, this is unfair. You know the ministry, the, how many souls and, and how big the church was, all the things that was happening in church? The master says, it's fair. This is the lady who was praying behind the scene. And the reason why your church was very successful it was this intercessor. Amen. Amen. So he will say, well done. So unlike with us we, as people, with us as people, we judge according to what we see. So sometimes we may not acknowledge you. No problem. As long as the master will acknowledge you. Amen. Amen. Because some of you get discouraged because you're doing so much for the Lord and people don't see it. People don't acknowledge you. People don't give you the accolades you think you deserve. It's even more better when people don't acknowledge it. Because then your crown will be bigger. Amen. Amen. Because you would not have even taken a portion of the glory yet. So all the glory would have been reserved for that time when the master says, well done. But look, there's somebody who thinks he's wise. You know when people sometimes think they are wise. Or think they are clever. Hmm. There are people who think they are clever. Even when you are preaching the gospel today and you say you need to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, they will reason with you and tell you a lot of things. Uh, how do you know that there is God? And what if there is no God? Actually, if you say God is the beginning, then who was there before God? And all that and all that, thinking they are wise. Okay. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew, I knew you to be a hard man. <laughs> look, look, look at how he's speaking to the Lord. Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. So I've done my, I've done my, my, my research. You see the problem with research and, and analysis and all that. I've done my research. You know the other ones, they didn't have much to say. The other ones when they brought, Lord, you've given me five, here is five more. It's time to account. This one, Lord, I know that you are a hard man. I've done my research. I've got other people who can prove that. Mm -hmm. Reaping where you have not sown. How do you talk to the master like that? Huh? There are some people who think when I go before God, yeah, if God is holy, how can he send people to hell? Hmm? <laughs> and you think you are wise. Ask this guy. You can see how he is framing his things, isn't it? He thinks he's got a point. So he actually, in my mind, I'm thinking he thinks the other two were stupid. Do you know that people in the world think you are stupid? Mm. So he thinks the other two were stupid. So when you are fully committed to the Lord and you are doing your work for the Lord, don't ever get weary. For your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Amen. Keep on at it. And leave the ones who think they are wise to continue. Their day will come. Listen to this one. And gathering where you have not scattered seed. Hmm. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Hmm. Look, there you have what is yours. Okay. <laughs> so this one, he says, I know you to be a hard man. I've done my research. I know you want to reap where you did not sow. You expect us to work for you. You must work for yourself. I went, I was afraid. Then I went and hid the talent. Here is it. Yeah, I'm giving you back what you gave to me. So what is the problem? Here is your talent. Mm -hmm. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant. You wicked and lazy servant. So wicked and lazy. Wicked and lazy. Good and faithful. 
good and faithful, wicked and lazy. Which one are you? Good and faithful, wicked and lazy. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming I will have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away and cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I want you to look at that verse 30. Cast this unprofitable servant to the outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. So this one is no longer, it's, it's like the one who was spewed out. He was supposed to have been a servant of the Lord, this one, isn't it? Yeah, it says when he went, he gave his servants talents. But now they are casting him out to the outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. So he's getting the same portion with unbelievers. You get that? Yeah, he's getting the same portion with unbelievers, outer darkness. So that's why I said rather if you are going to be lost and go to hell, rather be a bad sinner at it. Because now you have taken a lot of your time trying to be in between this way, that way, and at the end you are spewed out. The Lord says, I wish you were either hot or cold. But really the desire of the Lord is that we should all be hot. Are we all going to be hot for the master? Are we all going to be on fire for the master? Yes. Amen. I'm going to be on fire for the master. I'm not going to compare myself with others because I do not know how many talents they were given. Because imagine the guy with five, when he saw the other one making two, he might have thought, oh, making five. The other guy next to is making two. I think I must also make two. But it's according to each one of our abilities. Amen. So, I do not know what the Lord has invested in you. Amen. You, are, you, you have been invested, the Lord has invested in you things. Do your best at it. Don't compare yourself anymore with your neighbor. Are we all going to do our best with the Lord? Are we going to, to wait here to hear those words? Well done. You're good and faithful servant. So I want us to stand up and thank God for the word that we've heard. And if you need to repent, if there are things, places where you say, Lord, I've been lukewarm in this area. I've been cold. And I want that fire to be back again. I want that zeal of your house to consume me again. That fire burning from within. That my love for you will not wax cold. The Bible says, in the last days, the love of many will wax cold. May my love for you, O oh God, never wax cold. May my commitment to you, O oh Lord, be unwavering. And I'm not going to compare myself with others anymore. Did you know that even when we die, we do not die with others? Hmm. Even when you appear before the judgment seat of Christ, you don't appear with your mother or your husband. It's you. So it means, in my commitment with the Lord, I will not allow anybody to disturb my commitment to the Lord. Amen. Because some of you say, it's because of my husband or it's because of my wife or it's because of my mother or it's because of my dad. You need to say to them, I love you and I respect you, but I love my God more. So I have to do what the Lord requires of me. You remember when Jesus says, I do what the Lord requires of me so that the world may know that I love him. As you are still standing like that, I'm going to pray for any of you who is not feeling well in your body. I'm going to declare the word of healing over you. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost.
Your body needs to be well. For you were healed by the stripes of the Lord Jesus. Sickness has no hold over your body. I'm going to speak a word of command. Just like the centurion said, Jesus, there is no need that you come under my roof. Speak a word only and my servant will be healed. I'm going to speak a word and you will be healed. In the name of Jesus, I speak a word. I send a word of healing over these, your people. I say be healed in Jesus' name. I command every sickness, every disease, every infirmity, every pain in your body, I command it to depart from you now. In the name of Jesus, I declare that you are healed by the stripes of the Lord Jesus. And let the life also of Jesus be manifested in your mortal bodies. May the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead quicken your mortal body. In the name of Jesus be well. And Father, I thank you that it is being fulfilled that which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah that indeed he has carried our infirmities, he's borne our sorrows and with his stripes we were healed. In the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that every knee bows, every tongue confesses that Jesus is Lord. Even sickness confesses bows before the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.